Oh, and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse, and we're on the terrace. It's super sunny these days, which is making for a lot of funny uh, springtime memes around here. Because usually <laughs> it's like rainy and cold. Right. But every day. And the first been... nice days, we're so excited to get out of the city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But everyone's stuck. Uh, how are you doing with all this? I'm fine. It's kind of setting in that this is going to be going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing to digest, but it really is going to just continue for for quite a bit longer. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea how long, but, uh, you know, we're at best in the middle of it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of scary times. I think by the time this episode comes out, you know, we may be past this initial peak in a lot of the first cities. You know, it's... Uh, I mean, I'm sort of enjoying this. It's getting a little bit long. I miss going and going to the bar. I was looking through my pictures, and it was like, oh, that was the last live music I saw back in mid-February. Mm-hmm. And that's like two months ago now already? Saving it's- a lot of money not going out, I think. <laughs> but oh, that's true. It's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little hard to know what to do and how to just proceed with the business and with um, the rest of life, you know, how serious all this is. And, yeah. you know, can I go see a friend or are we just not supposed to do anything anymore? ever again um <laughs> still not a lot of leadership um we'll see if anything changes in the next week before this gets aired but um not a lot of support for small businesses out there yet so yeah. i'd love to hear if anybody else is having any success with this or just a, a lot of words out there saying support but i mean i think unless you're uh, a bank with money that's mostly what's going to be that might just be my cynical you. Right. I mean, it's like it takes money to like save your money from a coronavirus. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird days. But yeah. well, I'll tell you, you know. for me, it's like super bizarre because uh, a, I'm used to working from home anyways. I mean, having the restrictions of where to go and being like paranoid about contact with people is super weird. And obviously the economy is trashed and the whole vibe is just like super stressful but like my day-to-day is is um in terms of my work is not all that different but despite the fact that we're like locked down and feels like everything should be going super slow everything's just blazing by like it kind I, of yeah my head's sort of mush like the days just kind of yeah. blend together because and maybe uh, that's what have it a is. lot to do that's true <laughs> maybe, um, maybe that is you're just always in your home and Social commitments and stuff. It's not like, oh, it's dinner time. It's time to go out to the pub or whatever. It's uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, it's 7 o'clock again. I guess I'm done with dinner. And We're hanging in there, though. I mean, it helps that the weather's beautiful. Talking to my parents in Colorado, and they're, uh, they're snowed in. Oh, well. This, yeah, I might, uh, I might yeah, have to go out cold. and enjoy the sun after we're done recording here. But uh, Oh, yeah, I'm hot to try. Been waiting all day to get this recording going so we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing on, on coffee there? I'm getting low, Joseph. Yeah. I mean, I have enough caffeine to last me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I do have bags I bring out to the neighbors. Uh, it's funny. I love I love the small town, but it's people really love their dark roast. And so I have four bags and a five-pound bag of our dark roast here for gifts. And then I prefer our lighter roasts, and that's where I'm running low. I have <laughs> I have maybe four more days, three more days worth of light roasted coffee left. I guess in, in nerdy terms, I'd be like less than 200 grams of coffee left. You know, I'm going to be cracking into the dark roast for a little bit before I get back to the shop for roasting, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've, had, we have to make. <laughs> I've had a few periods of being out of coffee, which um, 
Actually, right now I have a good amount because I just stocked up. And I should say I'm used to, I'm used to like cycling off my coffee drinking anyways. Like I don't actually drink coffee every single day. What? <laughs> After 13 years of doing this podcast, you just now say that? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think, uh, all right, so now it's just lover's radio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't realize we'd come that far. <laughs> oh, yeah. 600 years of doing this podcast with you. It's about time. <laughs> now that we're far apart, I figured I'd tell you. Um, oh. Anyway, I think, <laughs> just to bring it back to the actual conversation, um, we uh, we noticed some interesting behavior, which is not new for like the coronavirus or anything, uh, but it just kind of highlights it. Uh, and that's just how insanely crazy people get about making sure they don't run out of coffee. I guess this can kind of stem to other things, too. Just Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird on, that people are worried about toilet paper and not coffee. There's that. But there, there's also, like, I don't know. People... There's a real fear with the things that you use every day, like yeah. coffee, that you kind of pretend that you depend on every day to right. survive. It's like, oh, well, what are we going to do? You know, I don't want dark roast. I guess I'm going to be out of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> or like okay just be out of coffee i guess have you ever run out of coffee i mean you said you did i guess yeah few days without it yeah i've had weird. I've run i out haven't gone a day without coffee i don't know i guess when i got the flu like hmm. five years ago four years ago what would happen if you did there was a day have coffee then i don't know i imagine you know there's there's a lot of anecdotal stories out there of people that quit you know when they have like a few days of kind of withdrawals and kind of some funky emotions and and mm, sort mm. of like caffeine headaches but generally once you get past those that bump they're okay you know it's a different kind of withdrawal i guess but um i would imagine that would be really hard kind of like not drinking alcohol like it's really hard to go to the bar and not have a drink um so some bars that don't serve food i just didn't go there at all because there's no reason to go when i wasn't drinking for that month um right. so i would think it'd be really hard to like not go to coffee shops you know and and if that's a real part of your lifestyle is that social you know, thing you do on the weekends or whatever. I think that'd be really hard not to go to a cafe. Well, that's obviously not a problem now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I wonder what's happening. So I'm putting together for this next issue uh, coming out really soon, a, a essentially a collection of all the different ways I could think of that you could possibly make coffee at home. Because now that's where all the coffee is being made. Um, you know, with the exception of some, oh man, I just, so there are some like places you can get takeout. And I just remembered, I saw a story of some guy in this area, I think, who programmed his drone to go get him a refill from McDonald's. <laughs> I've and seen I'm that. Like, and I've seen the, the dogs that are trained to go out to the car and like get the bag of food back. That's, that's so like for coffee, that's so ridiculous. You can just make it yourself. People, I know, but this is there's a lot of time on their hands. I mean, I, I totally, 100% That's agree true. with you, but I also feel like there's that you know, yeah. wizard kind of zeal of just like, well, what else am I going to do? What I have grown and do? I want coffee. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, All right, that's fine. But it's, uh, yeah, it's weird fear that, like, what if we run out of coffee for the day or this routine gets disrupted? It feels like that's a that's a real thing. I mean, would yeah. you would you take coffee to, to your desert island? Like, if you had to choose one beverage, would that beverage be coffee? Yeah. For the rest of your life? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think I'd rather have wine for the rest of my life than coffee. Hmm. 
I think I would go with coffee. I would go with um, a Yemen coffee. You know, because that, be, that is be that is the wine of the bean. So, yes, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we can try and experiment where we just pick one beverage for a month. <laughs> uh, Water would probably be the smart thing if you're on a desert island. Um, oh yeah, I guess if it if you're <laughs> counting all beverages. Well, coffee is you know ninety eight and a half percent water, so I've got you beat there. Yeah, but it's still a diuretic. I think wine's probably. But also, uh, we're presuming that I'm making the coffee, so therefore I'd have to have the water anyways. What if we did something insane just for the show, um, where we didn't drink coffee for an entire month and then tried to drink coffee again? Just got all squirrely for an hour. <laughs> like high. Well, I'm kind of curious. What is it going to taste like after a month of not drinking it? I would be curious. Like it would be, it would be kind of fun to. I don't know. It'd be fun. I don't. I don't really do this with coffee, anyways. But it would be fun to just not drink it and then only have really fancy coffees mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. But you know, I I pretended I was going to do that with scotch, and that lasted one bottle. <laughs> I don't have a problem not drinking a lot of scotch because it's expensive and I like my bottles to last. Right. And you start holding them. It's like, wow, that Jim Beam is, you know, a quarter of the price. I think I'll just do that. You mentioned people fearing running out of coffee. I'm not entirely sure that that's necessarily a fear. What, what I've been reacting to is observing people who go to great lengths to make sure they don't. I don't know. Maybe that is because there is the fear of running out of it. But I feel like there's something else really weird tied to the experience of coffee for a lot of people. And maybe it maybe it is just that it's a drug and people don't want to be without their drug. And I think it's probably mostly fine. that. Yeah. And not just not just the caffeine kind of drug, but the dopamine and the routine side of that addiction as well. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> feel like we'd be giving each other googly eyes uh listeners have you ever have you ever had a time where you um ran out of coffee for an extended period or just didn't drink or, it for a while yeah would you yeah i mean would you would you do this experiment for us and tell us what it's like? <laughs> are you in the middle of doing it right now because you're in quarantine and for some reason you just can't get the coffee that you enjoy how are you holding up because it, it it seemed like the kind of thing that could happen in quarantine, but also there, it's easy to order coffee online. And even though, even like you're still, you're still roasting and taking orders from people and fulfilling orders. So, um, right. Like even though a lot of businesses are, are struggling and it's, it's a struggle. I think coffee roasters are still in there and roasting and doing their thing for the most part. Yeah. But um, we're down 95% in our roasting. You know, I mean, it <laughs> went, true. it went from 25 hours a week production down to, like an hour and a half or two hours. Right. So like money wise, business wise, it's, we're not holding in there. You know, the business isn't mm-hmm. sustainable at that point, but we are still maintaining a presence online and satisfying that. I've noticed a lot more urgency in, in emails from customers that are just, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because they're at home and just thinking about it a lot more and the like days are going by at work, but a lot more just confusion over kind of how the internet works and how when you order stuff online, it takes a while to like make it and ship it. Well, coffee does have that challenge of uh, like this, this day and age, you buy something online, you expect to get a notification immediately that, uh, you know, all these things are happening and, oh, and it's in the mail right. and now it's going to arrive on Tuesday, uh, you know, and you ordered it Sunday or whatever. But um, coffee is like you place an order and then the roaster gets it, and then they put it in the queue for the next time they're doing the roasting. Uh, right. You know, assuming they're yeah, doing fresh roasting. Roasters. 
Yeah, not very many, like, especially roasters roast, you know, four or five days a week kind of thing to maintain these without being larger. Right. Um, it just doesn't take that much, right? I mean, if you can do 100 pounds of coffee in, you know, three hours of roasting, that's a lot of coffee. That That's going to get a lot of people caffeinated yeah. for a while, you know? So it doesn't take a lot of time. And we're a tiny little roaster at that three hours for 100 pounds. You know? Right. Yeah, it just uh, doesn't necessarily make business sense to try and keep that coffee fresh roasted, like, within certain couple days 48 hours or whatever after roasting before you ship it yeah um, you'd either be shipping like older potentially stale coffee or you'd it's not even wasting stale. It's wasting just, a it's lot just, of roast it's like you'd end up with a huge amount of waste that's for sure well right we have to rat we have to roast in batches um and so you end up with waste or you end up sending coffee that's a week old right that it's like well the order came in on friday so we sent it on friday but the coffee was roasted on monday um, the previous Monday. So that just, it doesn't mean that it's stale. I think, it, uh, honestly, it's probably better for brewing because it's a couple weeks out and mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, but there's this myth that, two myths, that coffee's a commodity and that fresh coffee's better. And so those two myths um, collide at our scale of coffee because we can't have commodity style service with our roasting. You know? Right. Um, we can't keep it super fresh if we're not not roasting every day. And so it's just kind of, you know, um, patience for small roasters like ourselves is always good, I mm-hmm. think. And just know that, you know, not very many of your favorite little roasters roast every day um, or roast the same coffee every day to fulfill their whole website inventory anytime you order it. Yep, that's my little side sidebar rant. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that there's some other areas where we should consider, like, well, what happens if there just isn't coffee available or... You know, the coffee that we want isn't available anymore right. or it's still suddenly too expensive. You know, like, I mean, the opposite of what's happening now with the market is potentially going the other way where all of a sudden specialty coffee is costing $25 a pound instead of, you know, instead of 12 or whatever. Um, and so it's just going to become a lot, a lot more scarce to have higher quality coffee, you know, and that we're, you know, potentially cafes or whatever, you'd just be uh, drinking cheaper coffee or no coffee, you know, or maybe it's all going to be expensive. There's a couple scary scenarios with that. Mm. Um, you know, I think a big one is, you know, everything's up in the air with coronavirus, but Brazil is drinking a lot more coffee. Brazil produces oh, about true. 35% of the world's coffee. And I read an estimate that it, within a decade, Brazil could become a net importer of coffee because right. their middle class is growing so fast that they're they're drinking more coffee. They can afford more of their nicer coffee grown within their country. And so they're going to just inherently export less. You know, what's that going to do for the world's market? And where yeah. we're going to get that coffee. So that's going to, it's going to change a lot of the dynamics, I think. And so it might be kind of one of those things where you just can't have a, a beautiful Chemex every day of high-end specialty coffee. Hmm. What would that be like? This reminds me of that um, Alan Weissman book, The World Without Us. Being like, well, if coffee just disappeared overnight, like, <laughs> how would, after a week, how would society change? You know, after a month, how would society, how would right. society change? Well, I wonder also if, um, like, uh, climate change is going to make it possible to grow coffee a lot more other places. No, it won't. It won't. It's going to make it harder to grow. I mean, there's, there's culturally, we're seeing other areas expand into growing, like in China, where mm-hmm. it's already good growing conditions. They just aren't culturally growing that much coffee. Right. Uh, it's where it grows. No, because the declination of the, the sun and how the, Earth's, the earth on its axis Hmm. Um, if you you're heliocentric, <laughs> you're not a flat earther. <laughs> that the Earth on its uh, 
<laughs> Here's my proof of the round earth is coffee growing seasons. <laughs> it needs a certain amount of sunlight and and um, cooler nighttime hours. And so it grows better close to the equator. Um, it also grows better at higher elevations. And so if you look at that declination, as you get further up towards the poles, um, you know, 7,000 feet where like in Yemen or in, in Guatemala where coffee's grown like that, it's still... You know, it's arid, but it's basically in a tropical region, um, and so it grows really well. Whereas seven thousand feet out here in the northwest, it's there's glaciers, right? Um, and right. so, in order to get quality tasting coffee, to get the altitude and the amount of sunlight, you really have to be at altitude near the equator. Hmm. So it won't necessarily open up more like lateral geography for that. But yeah, we're also seeing with climate change that coffee. Um, doesn't grow as well at lower altitudes. It's getting too warm and the seasons are changing and there's a lot more kind of uh, insect and, and mold infestations, things like that, that are happening at lower elevations. And mm-hmm. so coffee is going to start growing just better at higher elevations. But as we know, mountains don't go up just because the coffee growing <laughs> region raises up. And also land land ownership doesn't change. Right. Um, right. So, you know, if you're a farmer at a lower elevation, your coffee doesn't produce very well anymore. Like that's there's not a lot you can do about that without switching crops. Well, I wonder if we'll, you know, if society will change to be largely not coffee drinking, like in the next hundred years. That's a, we that's might. a strange thought. I mean, it, it hasn't really been around as far as cultural coffee drinking for a much more, you know, as far as the mass of how much coffee we're drinking. That's true. Yeah. Kind of European, North American style of it. Yeah. I guess that really is just like a hundred years old in, in that respect. Ish. I don't know. It's almost relieving. I almost feel like it's the coronavirus where it's like, you know, I wasn't making very much money doing the coffee thing and now I just don't have any work to do. So I have all this extra time and it's great. And that's sort of like there's <laughs> some, you know, if the industry just simplifies, you know, I, it, I don't know if there would be room for little businesses like ours mm-hmm. in the new world um, just because the ownership of the land and the shipping and all that kind of stuff. On the other hand, we might be the only types of roasters because we have such small roaster right. capacity that you know, it's a lot easier for us to do 10 pounds and sell 10 pounds versus... Well, it would you know, make more thousand. sense to have, like, little community roasters around everywhere, and that's where the green coffee goes versus, like, just from a just from a human consumption perspective. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. I mean... That would make a lot more sense. Anyway, bridging into other topics. Ideally, but that's a totally different kind of market economy. You know, that's a coffee economy... With, without Nestle, you know, without the Neiman group dictating the shipping lines and, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's always home roasting. I can, you know, I could see myself eventually getting, getting a little roaster and then, um, Oh, I was looking at the new Beamer just came out. The new Beamers just came out. Oh yeah. yeah. I was looking at some of those new features and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, (laughs) that's my plan C for, whatever month eight of this quarantine is just to start roasting my own coffee start roasting your own coffee are you talking about the jake the the one kilo drum roaster yeah i think that's man that's a really yeah. cool looking roaster yeah i if, actually if, didn't look at the name i was just looking at the article if uh, uh Sweet quarantine goes on for a really long time we might have to really get into home roasting on this show Yep, it'd be a great thing to teach people too. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I, what I want to do with our roasting in the future. Um, there's there's so much to talk about. It's this really fascinating, weird time. Yeah, it's changing again. You know how we come out of this and business wise. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I have been talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah, 
all over the place on how businesses come out of this and survive if they do. Anyway, so yeah. I'm not planning on quitting coffee anytime soon. I'm just about to no. start when I'm less particular drinking dark roast and saving my Ethiopian. I'm just about to uh, get into the Nicaragua here. Oh, nice. That's yeah. all gone, too. Yeah, I found a bag of Tanzania from December, and oh. I brewed up some of that. Nice. It's, it's gone. I brewed all of it. Um, I've been uh, finishing, <laughs> I was finishing off so. the Ethiopia first. Um, that was really good. I actually I started off on the Kleda because that's what I usually use, but I switched to the Chemex, and I actually enjoy it a lot more on the Chemex, which is interesting. I love it as a Chemex. Uh, anyhow, shall we do a uh, topic from Zahat? From the mug? Sure. I wish you could see me. I should take a picture of me doing this for the <laughs> for the Patreon. But we didn't talk about our oh, coffee. We're yeah, yeah, we're okay. making coffee on Patreon. Before from the mug. Or yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so listeners, we're going to start doing uh, like live hangouts. Uh, we're going to use Zoom because that's the thing to do these days. Do a live hangout where we're going to uh, probably be brewing coffee. I think the first one we we uh, we're gonna be making coffee or brewing coffee. Yeah. It all depends on if people show up. Yeah, making coffee, brewing coffee, talking coffee. We want to create like a like an online cafe hangout type space, so you can come in with your cup of coffee and talk coffee or whatever with us. Um, and yeah, sometimes we'll be actually doing a follow along us brew kind of situation. Sometimes we'll just be chatting. So. Um, this is going to be for Patreon supporters. So go to coffeeloversradio.com and click on the Patreon link. Um, and you can support the show just for a dollar a month. Super, yeah. super easy. And then you can hop on our shows and also get our show notes and other fun stuff. From the mug. All right. Uh, I feel like we may have done this topic before. Uh, the random number is six. And number six on the list is favorite wine. I oh, think no, we just talk about this all the time. <laughs> we just talk about it all the time. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we actually drew this one before. Favorite wine. Go. I uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a really, uh, I'm not a super wine aficionado as far as all the regions and everything like that. I really, I mean, I have, I, I attribute a lot of wine to just emotional places I was at. Um, yeah. yeah, I spent all that time in Sicily, and so some good, like, um, Avila region, Sicilian wine really just because it's decent wine, but it also just reminds me of all the wine that the farmers are making down there. Um, mm-hmm. It tastes tastes like that region. I love out in Washington. I love Red Mountain, um, the Tri Cities area. Kind of um, some of those delicious wines out there. The Kiona, they make some really good kind of sweet dessert wines that I love. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brady Cellars. Our good friend Kim at uh, Brady Cellars has some of the most amazing wine um, that I've ever had. He's been very generous with it. It coffee trades with us and. Uh, He's out of Walla Walla. That's Brady Sellers, and that's that's some his Cabernet is phenomenal. Just tastes like perfect wine juice. Yeah, I feel like uh, we talked about Brady before. It, this must have been. Um, I, I remembered his name this time, though. Yeah, we did. We did the <laughs> we did the show with Aaron. We were talking about tastes and coffee and stuff. I feel like maybe that's where it came up. Uh, it yeah, was totally. My answer to favorite wine is usually some kind of Sangiovese, <laughs> and that's probably um, connecting with my having been in Italy and enjoying it a whole lot. Um, it's just learning how to say it right. It's so fun. Uh, you're totally right. We did absolutely do this topic because 
we pulled it out when Aaron on that show with Aaron. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how we did it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a bonus topic though. Could... Favorite wines, Brady Cellars. I'm just going to put that in there. Go yep. order some Brady Cellars. That's going to be in the show notes. Uh, com. Become a Patreon supporter. Get the extended show notes, etc. Okay, I crossed it off. New topic. This is very okay. Does a bottle shape affect how you drink your booze? <laughs> okay, we have not done this before. Joseph, you got to write some topics. I'm so tired of all my topics. <laughs> I yeah, contributed I a boatload like, like of things. Angels Envy, like uh, like that 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 whiskey, Angels Envy. Uh, it's good, but I can't stand the bottle. I won't buy it. I don't like weird shaped bottles. I don't, you know. Um. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't really care what the bottle looks like as long as what's in it is good. So Yeah, I mean I, I just I don't really have a liquor like a liquor cabinet bar, you know, so I'm not trying to show off my collection. So maybe right. that's part of it. It's like, you know, I like it if it's square cuz it fits in with my olive oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um we our little band was gifted uh I'm not going to remember the name, but it's a it's a giant tall bottle with a huge sweeping base. It's like 10 inches, maybe a foot in diameter at the bottom and like 20 inches tall. Um, and that was really good whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, but really silly bottle. Hmm. It just lived on the floor and then we drank it. It was like, well, that was way too good to just have out on the floor, but it didn't fit in any cabinet or shelf or anything it just it was gigantic and i don't know like as a bar like you'd never take that because that takes up such valuable space on a on a, you know on a limited bar area um, um so it only affects how i buy and store the yeah whiskey, not not probably not how it tastes yeah i don't know how bottle shape where does this question come from <laughs> I don't, joseph this was months ago and it was like <laughs> I'm just writing down every possible thing and you were talking to me. <laughs> and that's all these questions. So for some uh, reason, um, Don Julio 70 pops to my head. Uh, it's not like an unusual bottle shape, but it's square. And yep. I think one of the things I like about that is I'm not going to accidentally knock that over. Like as opposed to a round. As opposed to bottle. yeah, a round tall bottle or something like that. <laughs> that changes your drinking habits because there's just none left because you keep knocking it over. <laughs> I don't know why a square bottle would help. Um, well, it's like you know, you it's short and fat. On it. it's, it's short and fat, so you're not going to like <laughs> knock it over, right? <laughs> I'll take a picture. I have a round bottle of Buffalo Trace and I have a square bottle of Jim Beam. And um, I think that they're both equally susceptible to knocking over. Yeah, all right. But uh, both the lids are secure, so doesn't matter for some reason i've always really enjoyed the shape of mccallan's bottles are you yeah. uh, are you familiar yep uh for the most part they're kind of like they, they kind of have like an oval on uh kind of oval like shape like tall but oval i don't know more enjoyable to pour yep. i guess doesn't doesn't really... i do like a good bottle i have to say i really do like a good bottle like a like a decent bottle shape you know something that's kind of authentic i think there are a lot of scotches things like that that mm-hmm. i guess there's I know, something to the more craft special, of more that. limited it's, yeah but that, you know, this... it's like a beer beer cans or beer bottles have really cool labels you know yeah. those those have an effect of making you want to drink that beer more that's true 
I guess the same can be said for coffee. It's like, does the does the bag the coffee comes in affect how you drink it? It affects uh, how you buy it. You know, that's a struggle you and I've been. We talked about that on the show yeah. here, but you know, we've talked about that a lot just with like bag design. Yeah. You know, is it worth the effort? The problem with coffee is that you know, if you have a decent, decent bourbon or whatever, and you have a you know, you spend a little bit extra on the label, you know, an extra dollar on the label. It doesn't affect your bottom line very much, but if you have, you know, because it's a fifty-dollar bottle of booze, right? But if you have a fifteen-dollar bottle bag of coffee and you're spending an extra dollar on that same label because it's the same printing, right? You know, that's that's a heck of a lot more, right? Um, yeah, impact on your bottom line. And so, you know, with coffee, just because we aren't allowed to charge enough for it for all the effort that goes into it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess bottle shape is just part of the whole brand thing. So, yeah. Anyhow, that's um, a, I agree. That's a strange subject. Uh, <laughs> um, any of you listening? It's have, different than like drink like different shaped cups and drinking out of different shaped cups. That's well, yeah, you know, that's very different. That a bunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, different shaped cups have a have a, a not insignificant impact. Sometimes a huge impact on. But at least what you're tasting. Since we're going on this tangent topic, do you <laughs> have tangent? Yeah, no. Do you have like a coffee mug or uh, let's start with coffee? Do you have a coffee mug that you have that makes you want to drink coffee more, or um, comparatively, do you have like a like a, a, a mug you know? For, it's funny for yes. whiskey or something. Cup for whiskey thoroughly. Oh, thoroughly. Um, I can go on and on. I have, well, I have my new favorite coffee mug that I found a set of some old, um, Corel, um, Corel. No, these are actually Cornings. That's right. Um, that I absolutely love. And I smile and it, it does make me drink more coffee. Make mm. me drink all the coffee because I love the cup so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, uh, I have a couple cups, especially at, at Conduit that is like, I see that and it's like, yep, I'm having an Americano instead of a drip <laughs> coffee or something like that. Like it'll trigger a very specific, type of coffee drink I want. Ah, that's um, really interesting. Yeah, and I have, um, I'll just say it, I have some stolen dishware from my favorite bar, and that makes the whiskey look really good, especially, <laughs> during, especially during this whole quarantine. Um, uh, do you have it there with you? <laughs> yeah. Can you can you take a yeah. picture for the listeners? I mean, I, I absolutely. I will, uh, when I put more whiskey in it, <laughs> I will take a picture. All right, we'll have that uh, in uh, extended yeah. notes. Uh, it's just a standard shot glass. It's a very <laughs> special, very special cup. <laughs> this stolen pint glass sure makes me want to drink beer. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just not the horrible isolation and not having a hug for a month. That doesn't, that has nothing to do with beer. Someone please send Jesse a hug. It's obviously, obviously not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold my breath. All right. Well, while Jesse's holding his breath, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. As always, coffeeloversradio.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, visit the show, you know, the, the show page for this show and comment below or go to Patreon. Uh, thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.